This is infection control in hospitals. We are also going to cover patient safety in hospitals. So what is the threat? The threat is of nosocomial infections. And what are nosocomial infections? Nosocomial infections are the hospital acquired infections. So when a visitor goes to a hospital, when a patient goes to a hospital or the healthcare workers in a hospital like doctors, staff and paramedics, they are exposed to a lot of infections. So what is the threat? The threat is that these infections can be acquired by these people. Innocent people going to a hospital just with a person who, you know, with their mother, with their family members, they can get these infections. Even patients who are vulnerable, like old patients, immunosuppressed patients, they can get infections from the hospital environment. So you can acquire a nosocomial infection from the environment as well as from other people. Now, there are airborne infections. What are airborne infections? Airborne infections are those infections that you get from inhalation through your nostrils. And there are other infections that you can get by touching surfaces. So these are two simple examples. So we have to have surfaces which are clean. Number two, we have to have airborne infection control measures. So many hospitals in developing countries are not scientifically designed and physical facilities are inadequate. Wards tend to be overcrowded. There are hardly any separate arrangements for septic and clean cases, especially in surgical and maternity wards. Patient placement is generally found to be faulty. Requirement of air conditioning, very important, and ventilation are not met properly, thus increasing the risk of infection transmission. Overcrowding in nurseries and ward units promotes the risk of cross-infection. It is of paramount importance to consider hospital infection control measures while planning various departments like wards, operation theatres, ICUs, CSSD. What is CSSD? We have done before. Central Sterile and Supply Department. And also areas like dietary and laundry areas because Food is something that every patient, you know, is supplied from a central kitchen. So over there, if there is an infection, that is going to spread throughout the hospital. Laundry. All the linen is cleaned in one area. So we have to make sure that there is no infection in the linen cleaning process. And this concern has been highlighted by Rao, who was a very accomplished hospital administrator from Armed Forces Medical College, Pune. So, who causes this nosocomial infections in the hospital? We have microorganisms in the hospital which are alert organisms. We have to be alert. We have to make sure they cause no infection in the hospital. So, a few examples is like tuberculosis is spread through bacteria and virus hepatitis B, hepatitis C, HIV, small round structured uh, norovirus, notovirus and respiratory synctial virus. There's also influenza, measles and dengue. So major design interventions to reduce nosocomial infection. Design should support functional segregation of OPD, inpatient diagnostic services and supportive services so that mixing of patient flow is avoided. 
then there should be separation of critical areas like OT, ICU from the general traffic. Nobody, you know, just coming in a hospital for any work should not be made to go through OT and ICU areas. That should be done right at the initial planning stage so that there is avoidance of air movement from these areas like labs and infection control disease wards toward the critical areas. So what this means is that, you know, anybody going into a hospital for a diagnostic, let's say, or they're going for OPD, they should be taken from a separate entry. They should not be taken to a place where there is an ICU, where there is an OT, where there is a critical infection isolation ward. Because even they are at risk and you know the people who are there who are immunosuppressed, from them if there is some kind of infection, these people in the ICU are in trouble. And then the design should support concept of zoning and ventilation standard in acute areas should be maintained clean corridor, dirty corridor, though a very old concept, if there is a replacement for it, that should be absolutely sanitized and sterile. Isolation wards for infection cases should be kept off the routine circulation. Adequate number of wash hand basins should be provided within the patient care areas and nursing areas with a view to facilitate hand washing practice. Very important! Hand wash compliance has been stressed by all infection control programs of all major hospitals across the world. And architects play a key role. With a simple thing like placement of the sanitizer at the right position in a ward or placement of the sink in the right position in the ward, you know, that small little thing, that small little decision by you who is designing the facility can make a huge difference in the hand wash compliance of the hospital. Research has been done in this area. So there has to be separate arrangements for garbage and infection waste removal from wards and departments in the form of separate staircases and lifts. Construction of isolation rooms within the wards including ICU and acute care areas should also be done in a scientific manner. There should be provision of airlocks and anteroom before entering into critical care areas. You know, you can have some kind of an airlock. Now, what are the high-risk areas? So, you know, across the world, there have been a lot of guidelines on the high-risk areas. And there are also a few neglected areas, which, which scientists have thought, which researchers have thought initially that, oh, these are not so critical. Yet today we see that there is a lot of work being done on those neglected areas. So I'll first tell you the neglected areas. Neglected areas are waiting halls and OPDs. And the high risk areas are operation theatres, intensive care units or ICUs, HDUs, dialysis unit, CSSD, blood bank and drinking water facilities. We will give you a brief about planning and design of operation theatre. So, there's a general agreement that the factors affecting occurrence of infection in operation theatres are the design of OT, ventilation, temperature, staff discipline, use of protective clothing and cleaning program. Now, recommendations by the British Medical Council is that separation from general traffic and air movement of hospital should be done for a OT. Zoning, that is the sequence of increasing clean zones from the entrance to the operating area with the aim of reaching 
absolute asbestos at operation site easy movement of staff from one clean area to another without passing through dirty area should also be given removal of dirty materials from the suit without passing through clean areas that's the whole concept of dirty corridor clean corridor we should really take care of this objectives of ventilation system in ot are recommended to be as follows now what are the objectives that dilute the bacteria by increased air changes per hour and that is done by the you know like there are bacteria generated by each of us every one of us generate bacteria all the time so there are bacteria generated by the ot team and the patients in the operation theater and this has to be diluted by appropriate air changes per hour now the we also have to prevent the less clean air from neighboring rooms to enter the ot by creating a pressure difference so how do we do that we do that by creating negative pressure and we also clean and you know we create a air flow pattern that carries contaminated air away from the operating table now we also have to provide while doing all these infection control measures the biggest challenge is to also provide comfortable environment for the operating team and that can be done by having the right balance between temperature humidity and ventilation required for infection control so we have to create a sterile zone for operation theater complex the temperature has to be 23 you know plus minus 3 degrees relative humidity 40 to 60% fresh air allowance of 10 air changes per hour with total air changes of 25 per hour as per ashre air filters the air filters have to be hepa filters with filtration level up to 0.3 microns and 99.97% efficiency with pre filters in the system what is 0.3 microns 0.3 microns means that there is a chance that even bacteria can be stopped though research is still being done in this area and positive pressure has to be of 25 pascals the other areas fresh air changes have to be minimum 5 per hour and total 15 per hour hdpe washable filters with filtration level up to 5 microns should also be provided one separate dedicated ahu what is ahu air handling unit this is an essential part of the total hvac system in a hospital we cannot be having under any circumstance intermixing between the ahu air from the ot suit with the other suits and hence we have to you know have this dedicated ahu which is designed to maintain positive pressure gradient so as to ensure flow of air from sterile to clean and protective zone aluminium air conditioning ducts with differential pressure gauge manometer across hepa filters so as to detect clogging or reduce flow of air have to be provided there have to be provision of no shelves so as architects we like giving shelves everywhere so that it's easy for people you know to put their uh, equipment put their stuff whatever they are using there but for ot design there has to be no shelf provision now purified water has to be supplied for the scrub with steel scrub and facility of dispensing of hand wash solution as well as water through foot control what is foot control so now a person 
who's operating will use his two hands and when he goes to wash his hands he is going to touch the wash basin now when he touches the wash basin there's a chance that he can get the infection while touching the knob of the tap so in ot's we mostly have you know whenever there's a sink that has to be operated the water flow has to be operated with the foot so the foot is going to use to press a lever which switches on the water or the dispensation dispensation of the uh, hand wash solution now recommended floor surface is epoxy resin flooring however authorities in you know authorities in the channel were of opinion that marble slabs of suitable sizes with copper strips should be provided so what this means is that some people say okay provide epoxy resin flooring however there are other people who say marble is fine in the middle you have to provide copper strips epoxy flooring has been found to be seamless scratch proof hard enough for wheel trolleys and stain free and anti static another important factor is the hvac design for an operation theater operation theater hvac design is unique because here we use laminar flow which is a low turbulence downward displacement of air flow what happens from the top air is flow like the air flows to the bottom so that first the air touches the healthcare provider then it touches the patient it doesn't have happen in the reverse manner that prevents infection from the patient to the healthcare worker and from the patient it goes right below where it is sucked back into the system and then it is passed through the ahu filters and it comes back again this is the laminar flow method now air curtains at the entry of sterile zone have to be planned by the architect proper space has to be given you know and apart from that drains sewerage pipes and water lines have to be avoided at least near and above the ot sterile zones now we have just done the design and planning of an ot now we will look at the planning and design of a intensive care unit or an icu a number of professional and scientific bodies in the uk and usa have published guidelines on the design and layout of icus lot of research is being done across the world even in india a lot of research is being done in this area all of these studies emphasize the importance of the adequate isolation facilities so the adequate facilities are at least one cubicle per eight beds sufficient space around each each bed around 20 square meter whb between every other bed ventilation including positive and negative pressure ventilation for high risk patients sufficient storage and utility space floors and walls floors and walls should be easily cleanable and non porous dirty utility should have separate stand or shelf per bed bed pans urinals all the other things you know which carry like all the human waste should be kept dry and hand wash solutions and basin should be provided along each bed it can be a dispenser like a uh, dispenser of the sanitizer or it can be a sink in case of in case of water so now i'll give you an example an icu of 8 beds with two additional isolation cubicles is planned each of these bed will have 14 square meter floor space with adequate place for bed head unit and separate sterile supplies each isolation cubicle is planned with self closing door and airlock 
airlock is supposed to have the following functions. What are the functions of an airlock? They provide a barrier against loss of pressurization and against entry exit of contaminated air into and out of the isolation room. They also provide a controlled environment in which protective garments can be donned without contamination before entry into the room. They also provide a physical and psychological barrier to control behavior of staff in adopting infection control practices. Automatic air curtain have been planned at the airlock and entry into patient care area in ICU. Acute care wards also apart from ICU and also in OT sterile areas, neonatal ICUs and delivery suits. They have the capability of keeping outside environment separate from inside environment in the critical care areas. Now ICU is planned, so this is the ventilation, with 15 air changes per hour, that is 5 fresh and 10 recirculation, as per the minimum ASHRAE standards. Passive pressure gradient of 15 pascals is recommended between isolation cubicle and main ICU. International recommendation for room pressure are at, like you know like for type N and type P. So the room has to have somewhere around minus 30 pascals for type N and the and suit inside the suit should be minus 15 pascals and the airlock should be minus 15 pascals. We are going to give you all of these along with this module in the reference section. So how do you design a ward unit? Now wards you know every patient who goes into the IPD department essentially goes into a ward and what is a ward? Ward is you know with so many beds and sometimes the ward is a single ward, sometimes the ward is a multiple ward. Multiple ward is that within a single room there is more than one patient and they have to be cared for but they are not as critical as the patients in an ICU. So how do we control infection in a ward? Control of infection in wards not only requires application of the principles of hygiene but also consideration of design, equipment and ventilation of wards. That is where we as the infrastructure planners have a key role to play. Hand washing has been recommended as the single most important practice to control hospital acquired infection. Number of sinks and the placement should be thoughtfully planned to encourage the healthcare workers to use them before any patient care activity. We also have to take care of the overcrowding in pavilion wards. How do we do that? Simply by keeping the center of the beds at least 8 feet apart. As an example, general ward was planned based on bed strength ranging from 24 to 32 beds on rigs pattern where two bed single beds you know rooms were there, two four bedded rooms were there and rest six bedded rooms were planned. One hand wash basin each for these rooms averaging one WHB per six beds was provisioned. Floor space area per bed was kept to seven square meter excluding central corridor of 2.4 meters. Single bedrooms were given 14 square meter and distance between centers of beds in six bedded rooms was coming to more than 2.5 meters. Authorities, you know, around the world it has been speculated that patients which are who are known or who are suspected to harbor transmissible microorganisms should be placed in a single room with hand washing and toilet facilities. So they have to keep give them isolated space. So a single room 
helps prevent direct or indirect contact transmission or the droplet transmission. One to two standard isolations per ward unit were planned throughout the hospital with WHB in another hospital in the room. So they were given one WHB in the room, shower, toilet and bathroom. Door with self-closing device and normal window AC were provisioned for these rooms and as per standard guidelines, a space was also provided to keep the urine, stool samples of patients, their disposal, washing and storage of contaminated soil linen, another place where proper disinfection can be done. So dirty utility and the soil linen room of size was 10.5 square meter. So for dirty utility and soil linen, the room size was 10.5 square meter per ward with facilities for bed, pan sink, Macintosh sink and slop sink was given, provided. Water supply of hot and cold water was catered and in addition, janitor's closet of 3.5 square meter for keeping mops, detergents, other facilities required by the janitors were provisioned in each ward. We have spoken about hospital infection control. Now we are also going to talk about another important area that is the patient safety in hospitals. So hospital design may help improve patient safety directly by reducing nosocomial infection. So nosocomial infection is one of the factors of patient safety, but other factors are patient falls, medication errors, and sometimes by reducing, you know, these things eventually have to reduce patient morbidity and mortality. Hospital design may also help improve patient uh, safety indirectly by reducing staff stress. We have already covered, you know, healing environments. So here we are talking about how can we design hospital that indirectly reduces the threat to patient safety by reducing the staff stress, staff walking and patient transfer and by improving the hand wash compliance. Here the most important thing that we have uh, covered was infection control and in patient safety we have to be really careful about the selection of the finishes because the floor finish will depend how comfortable is a person with a walking stick or a wheelchair bound person how comfortable is he walking on the floor and if there is a chance of him slipping that can increase his condition that can worsen his condition that can put him into further complications so we have given you a lot of reference materials which includes a lot of infection control manuals which includes a lot of who guidelines which also in includes a lot of work by the indian council of medical research and one most important thing is the lot of journal articles that we have given along with this module which talk about the designing of hospitals for better infection control i request you all to please look into all the reference materials so that you can very smartly and like an expert answer the questions that we are going to ask you and the most important thing all this is going to help you design better hospitals so this was all that we had for this module see you in the next module thank you jai hind